I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Emily. This is Alex. And this is Going Somewhere, the podcast where we share with you what it's like to live a location, independent, nomadic lifestyle. So we have been full-time slow travelers, Alex, for almost a year now. Can't believe it. It's like a month and a half shy of a year since we sold our house, our cars, a lot of things, well, one car, later on we sold another car, (laughs) a lot of our stuff, we live out of suitcases, and that's all we have to our name, and it's been about a year and a half since taking that leap of full-time travel. And so for us, what slow travel means is that we stay in each location that we visit for about a month at a time. We live out of long-term rentals, we live out of our suitcases, as I said, and right now, we are in Tramolinos, Spain. Yes, we made it to the Mediterranean coast of Spain. Yeah, we are just south of Malaga, Spain. And um, it's Tramolinos Tor- is a very cute little, I guess, it's like a vacation town. It's like a beach town. It is a beach town. Yeah. It's, um, it's kind, of, kind of like a, almost like a Southern California vibe going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weather seems great. The beach is, it's big. It's got, you know, it's one of those beaches that's so made for vacation. It has all these little separate um, beach clubs where you can rent the chair and the umbrella. They can bring you drinks and you can like even get a massage and it's like six euros to rent a chair. We haven't done any of this, by the way, because we've just gotten here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is like our second full day here yeah we show up in the middle of the night yeah yeah so we've obviously had work to do and we've got errands to run we haven't really experienced too much yet but we have been out for a walk on the beach seeing the setup um yeah it's a touristy beach town but like we knew that going into it and so we (laughs) you know it's kind of like the vibe that we were wanting I think Alex chose it specifically because... I wanted to be close to the beach and I wanted to be able to walk to the beach and spend as much time as I want there and then just have a leisure walk back to our uh, Airbnb place because we're only like a block away from the sand. It's great. 
But why did you want this? Why, why did, did you oh, get why, to choose? Oh, the, the, the official reason? Yeah. It's my birthday month. Yeah. So you're having a birthday coming up this month. And so... Next week, yeah. For that privilege, you got to choose <laughs> where you wanted to be during your birthday. And yeah, we're just going to have a little beach time and truly kind of be vacationers in a tourist town. Well, as much as I can possibly personally manage to do that. Um, well, you know, day by day, yeah. hour by hour, see how it goes. My, my personality doesn't allow me to relax like a lot because I'm always um, trying to create and make something and tell a story and it's hard to fight that compulsion to always do that in order to relax um but maybe it's good because frankly I'm experiencing a little creative burnout right now and like my fear of losing momentum is always a huge thing and I'm really gonna try to slow down a little bit this month and like not give in to that fear of losing momentum. I hope you do and yeah. can because rest is important and a part of mm-hmm. all, all processes. Yeah, especially given everything that goes into being nomadic, um, all the details and decisions you have to think about on a daily basis. Like, for instance, you know, like I said, we usually stay somewhere for a month at a time. Well, we're actually only staying here for three weeks. That was not the way I intended it. It's just the way it's working out because of the Schengen arena, agreement, not arena, agreement uh, that Spain being part of the Schengen area mm-hmm. treaty, whatever it's called. Of the uh, EU countries. Yeah, they only allow, you know, so many days for our visa to be active. And then we were seeing it right up until the last day so we can, you know, not overstay our welcome. Right. So for... And a U.S. passport, U.S. citizen, you can stay in the Shenzhen area of the EU for up to 90 days out of every 180 days. So you can already imagine the like mental mathematical gymnastics that we have to do to figure that out. <laughs> but um, yeah, we really only had like three weeks worth of time Left. right now yeah. that we could spend in Shenzhen. And the reason that um, last month, just previous to this, we we came here a few days ago from Croatia. And the reason that we did, well, part of the reason that we did choose to go to Croatia was because they're actually part of the EU, but they're not part of the Schengen Agreement. So U.S. citizens can actually stay in Croatia for up to 90 days at a time and it does not affect your Schengen visa at all. So once Alex decided he wanted to be in Spain for his birthday, we had to make sure we spent some time outside of the EU. So we had those like 27 days or something, something like that. left um, that we actually have to leave a little before our month is up so that we don't overstay that Schengen visa. So... So, so those many are the details. Hoops we jumped through <laughs> due to that red tape. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I think another reason why somebody with my personality type can experience burnout because I'm just constantly thinking about all of these things simultaneously. And 
That's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I'm really, I swear I'm trying to stop. I'm trying to <laughs> calm down. Um, and that is like the grand exercise of this entire journey for me. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the beach will do what it's supposed to do mm-hmm. and encourage that. I mean, it has been almost a year. Have I calmed down at all? What's the next subject we can talk about? <laughs> some, yes. You, you definitely calm down some. It's a process. You have relapses here and there, but you mm-hmm. also have prolapses? <laughs> no, that's, that's, that sounds like something medical. It sounds like a really, a yeah. medi- like a, a really terrifying medical problem. Yeah, I don't <laughs> math well or English well, so sorry about that everybody. i don't know me i don't know maybe it does mean what you think but also a terrifying medical problem i don't know um i don't i don't have any medical prolapses that i'm aware of that are contributing to the issue but <laughs> <laughs> you're right i do tend to it's like a pendulum you swing both ways i am i am a pendulum i have freakouts every other day and then the rest of the time I'm like this I love this this is great so yeah we're trying to expand on that part yeah like like more time in like the chill zone mm-hmm. um but you know it's a work in progress and <sighs> for me too you know it's it's a challenge cuz sometimes you need to come a little bit more yeah to the not that I want you to come to the freakout zone, but like you know what I'm saying, like you need to freak come, you you need to like you know leave the chill zone a little bit every once in a while, and I need to leave the freakout zone a little bit. Yeah, we need like we need like that uh, that DMZ zone in the middle of those two zones. Is that what it's called? The demilitarized zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That, that's what I related it to. I see. I mean, yeah, that's what that means. I just was like, okay. I, again, you know, <laughs> I wasn't sure if that's what you were going for because um, it's not the first thing I would have thought of. But <laughs> maybe <laughs> you're just having a prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. All kinds of things happen in all kinds of zones. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, one more thing I guess we should mention. Part of being nomadic means that we have a mobile podcasting studio, which means it changes depending on our given location and our given parameters. Right now, we're in the bedroom of our Airbnb because that's where the sound is best. It it was the best option of acoustics. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm hoping the mattress will help and deaden some of the echo. But, you know... You might hear some cars passing by or mm-hmm. some pedestrians on the street having conversations. Um, and that'll help just that'll help just bring you into the studio with us. So you can mm-hmm. be on this journey as we sit in a bedroom in Torremolinos. Yes, welcome to Torremolinos. So the real purpose of today's episode is to talk about our time in Dubrovnik, Croatia, which is what we're going to do. But first, just a little brief history, just because I often find that it can give context to things that we do end up talking about to mention the history just a bit, Um, and plus it's kind of interesting. 
So Dubrovnik was historically known as the Republic of Ragusa, although it's been simultaneously called Ragusa and Dubrovnik since about the 14th century, but after World War One, they officially started calling it Dubrovnik again, just officially, so that's why we know it today as Dubrovnik. Um, I'm not really sure why, other than that I know like Dubrovnik was like the Slavic name that was given to it, so it maybe is more of like a rooted in like history foundation type of thing. Okay. Um, but... Like the city of Split, it's it's had a long history of defense, like constantly having to defend itself. But more so than Split, it's very evident in the architecture that's left for us to view today because the entire city is walled. So it's like a completely fortified medieval walled city. So all of old town Dubrovnik is surrounded by fortress walls and actual forts as defense um, because people were always trying to conquer it. Um, And, you know, the reason for that is because it was, like, perfectly positioned and lucrative, you know, seaport. Highly desirable real estate. Exactly. Like, always historically highly desirable real estate. Anything that's, like, a seaport Mm. and... Um, you know, especially a, um, you know, commercially active and financially, uh, you know, uh, um, viable, lucrative. lucrative, that's the word I'm looking for, seaport. Um, so yes, lots of commerce happening, lots of money involved in changing hands. And as you know, people get greedy and they want that too. Um, so it's always had to fend off, you know. And if, if you look at a map of Croatia, you can actually see Dubrovnik is down at the bottom of Croatia um, on the coast. But you can actually, if you look really closely at a map, you can actually see that the region of Croatia that Dubrovnik is situated in is actually separate from the rest of the country. So there's like a tiny strip of land. It's like 12 miles of the coast. And it actually belongs to Bosnia-Herzegovina right now um, because at a point in, in um, Croatia's history, Dubrovnik actually like traded that piece of land to the Ottoman Empire in exchange for like help with defending itself. So allied kind of itself with the Ottoman Empire for some extra protection against these invading forces. So that's why, like, today there's a 12-mile strip of land that separates, like, part of Croatia from the part that Dubrovnik is in. So if you were, like, for instance, going to drive from Split to Dubrovnik, you'd have to cross the Bosnia-Herzegovina border. You'd have to cross through it mm. on each end to actually reach Dubrovnik. We took a ferry there, so... Yeah, that, that skipped that part. Yeah, <laughs> And, and you can fly there um, as well. Um, but, yeah, if, if you were going to drive there, you'd, you'd, there'd be a border crossing from, you know, part of Croatia to the other part of Croatia, which is pretty interesting. Um, but it was really easy to take a ferry from Split to Dubrovnik as well. Um, so, yeah, early on, like, 
it was kind of, you know, desired and attempted to be conquered. Like in the 11th century, Venetians invaded, but, you know, they didn't really like conquer. They just made Dubrovnik a tributary state because like I said, it was kind of all about that money. People wanted a piece of the action of the lucrative <laughs> seaport. So basically Dubrovnik was allowed to keep their independence except for the fact that they had to like pay tribute to, um, you know, the Re Republic of, of Venice, you know, for about 150 years during the late Middle Ages. So, um, you know, hmm. it, it, and then um, it really wasn't like conquered or, you know, taken, occupied, I should say, um, because the Venetian wasn't considered an occupation. It was just a tributary state. But in the 19th century, during the Napoleonic Wars, it was actually occupied um, by the French forces. Um, and then after that, it was the Kingdom of Dalmatian and the Austrian Empire. Then after the dissolvement, the dissolvement, the dis. Uh, Dissolvement. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's the word uh, the, uh, of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. It became part of Yugoslavia, and then it was occupied during World War II as a Nazi puppet state, um, and then it became the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia um, until the Croatian War of Independence in 1991, where you know it fought for its independence and now it's Croatia as we know it. Um, so yeah, just to kind of establish a little bit, like it has a history and, and a pretty recent history of combat. Um, when we talk about, you know, recent history of combat, um, as far as, you know, it was only 30 years ago that they had their war of independence and, you know, wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so, I don't know, I think it, it kind of sets the scene, especially for what you see when you get there in terms of the architecture, the various influences on the architecture. I mean, you have, like, these medieval fortified structures, you have this, um, these examples of, like, Gothic and Renaissance and Baroque architecture, you have all these different influences from the, the French, um, you know, the Italian and you know it's um i don't know i mean i think it's kind of surprising when when you see it and you don't really you don't really expect to see all of this kind of previous kind of cultural influences yeah, on it it's like an amalgamation now of all these things mhm mm wow um okay. yeah so anyway that's kind of a little brief <laughs> history for you. Um, now, we specifically were there in the spring. So we were there May, I mean May, um, April 16th to May 14th. 2022. Yes. So as far as what was happening at the time we were there, it was spring, like I said. <laughs> um, no invaders that I saw, um, just tourism. Well, yes, there was um, <laughs> every uh, few hours there were thousands of invaders from the docking cruise ships that swarmed <laughs> the town. Um, yeah, the weather was pretty good. I mean, we had a few rainy days. Yeah, there's a few rainy days. Um, 
uh, I think we had an earthquake. Oh, we had two, two earthquakes. We had two earthquakes while yeah. we were there. So that was, that was kind was of surprising. Early on in our in our time there, um, it was one night after the other that it yeah. happened. We were both times we were about to fall asleep, mm-hmm. and like just on the like cusp of falling asleep, and then the house starts shaking. I didn't even know they had earthquakes um, over there. Like, yeah, just didn't know it happened in that part of the world. Well, they had a very very catastrophic one in sixteen sixty seven. More history. Um, right. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it was a huge catastrophic one that actually, like, caused a lot of damage to all these, you know, historical buildings that we saw when we were there. Um, so, yes, it so, happens, but it's not, like, um, a highly, I don't think it's, like, a highly active. Okay. Like, happens often, like, you know, but I could be wrong. I well, know. you know, they weren't as catastrophic as that one you're referring to. Definitely were, not. I don't think it caused any no, damage. It was just um, disturbing. Yes, because I guess one thing we should mention while we were there at our Airbnb, we had the most uncomfortable bed for us. Yeah, that um, was unfortunate. And that's just one of those things that you don't really think of when you're traveling full time until it happens and then you're like, Oh, there's a month of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and at that time, you know, also being spring, we were fighting off allergies. All those flowers blooming and the pollen in the air and then it gets in your sinuses and then out. Yeah. So we were already <laughs> kind of suffering mm-hmm. from that. And then we were not sleeping well. And then like two nights in a row, right when we're about to fall asleep, an earthquake happens. So um, it wasn't as restful as my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then we were there, you know, kind of at the time we actually witnessed this switch from the kind of shoulder season or, you know, a little bit off season, but they call it shoulder season, which is like in between off season and busy season. So we kind of witnessed it switch from like off season to shoulder season to busy season in the time that we were there. And it was like a noticeable, noticeable difference. So that's what you can expect if you go and like, April is kind of shoulder season. May, it starts to be busy season. And you can tell a difference. Um, Yeah, and so as far as budget while we were there, Mm -hmm. um, like I said, we did say in an Airbnb, that one for the month was 935 U.S. dollars. That was a big uh, selling point, was that yeah, price? Yeah, it was. And because of that, we kind of, we sacrificed a few things that maybe we would have wanted in an Airbnb to save the money, which is another decision that you're constantly thinking of when when you're yeah, living this way. Balance. Yeah, like, you know, you go, okay, well, it doesn't have this or it's not as close to something that somewhere that you want to be. But if the price is right, sometimes you go, okay, well, that's worth saving the, you know, few hundred, you know. And that's a personal choice we had to make, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that price, it included utilities and it included wireless. Was the wireless great? No, it was not. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But, but it did 
It did. You know, things. The, the tap fine. water was drinkable. That was a, a positive. Yeah. So much like split. I don't know if I gushed about this in split, but even more so in Dubrovnik. Yes. Um, I was very impressed with the quality um, and availability of tap water um, and ways to access it. We'll get into. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so cost-wise, budget-wise, food was, I mean, like as far as eating out and getting takeaway, it's hard to say because, I mean, I can say how much it costs. It costs like, <laughs> takeaway costs like 25 to 30 for two people. Then I'm, I'm converting this into US dollars. Um, and then meals out with a drink. <sighs> would cost anywhere between like 40 to 80 US dollars depending on where you are and the reason that I say it's kind of difficult is because most of the restaurants were pretty mediocre yeah the ones that were like right in the like uh I guess the tourist trap kind of areas right you know the places that are right in your face Mm -hmm. when you you're gonna go see the sites they're right there in front of you. Yeah. And so when you're paying like for a really good meal, like we did have a really good meal that was more in the neighborhood we were staying at away from the tourist trap sites that ended up costing us like $75 with two entrees and two drinks. And it was, it was really the, good quality. The quality was good. The, mm-hmm. And the price that I guess the price reflected it. It did. That's the right way to and, say it. And yes. and that's the thing, like like you would expect in the U.S. If you're most places, if you're going to pay seventy five dollars for a meal, you expect it to be like, wow, that was worth seventy five dollars. But a lot of the places, like even anywhere near more of the touristy spots, were similar in price, but you could just tell like the value would not have been the same and the few places that we did choose to eat at in old town were very very mediocre for the price and yeah they weren't bad but yeah great (laughs) it i would say like i was not satisfied with the value given the amount that we paid for it that's Um, fair and what I got from it. It, you know, when I spend 15 on a takeout plate, you know, for myself, I expect to be like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not like, oh, I guess this is food. You know, <laughs> like. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, so I don't know. I just. That, that's why it's kind of hard to say because I'm being really um, subjective about the like quality and value that I'm wrapping up at this cost. Sure, you can you can definitely get a meal for two in Old Town for probably, you know, 40 bucks and you can probably get one for 80 bucks. Oh, I'm sure, um, yeah. And... I'm just, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We we did have a sit-down meal um, at that um, 
one place that was like Tex-Mex or whatever. That's right. Um, um, and boy, I mean, were we disappointed? Yeah. But it wasn't surprised. Like we weren't surprised to be disappointed. It was just like. Um, I like if I gotta say like a comparison, like I'm not a big fan of Chipotle, but every meal I've had at Chipotle was better than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Um, and not that we expected to get like stellar Tex-Mex food in Croatia. It was hard to find a place that was allergy friendly for us. Yeah, that's always a balancing act. Mm-hmm. Um, and something like Tex-Mex is usually a good solution when you're desperate because you can usually find something gluten-free, which I need, mm-hmm. and you can usually find something dairy-free, which we both need. So that was kind of it. And we were kind of, at that point, uh, like I said, a bit desperate. And there's better things that we could have eaten too, but they would have cost us probably more money. I don't know. It was really, really hard to get a gauge of... Uh, Yeah, like if you don't have as a particularly uh, sensitive to allergy diet, you might be able to find a cheaper meal and enjoy it i saw that there they did have a list of like places on like google maps it was like you know cheap eats kind of places that were top rated uh they just they didn't work for us for our diets Mm -hmm. yeah it was hard to get it get a grasp on what there was but you know when when you travel around enough, you can kind of just look at things and go, huh, okay, that's mediocre. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> I don't know, it was the sense that I got. Um, you know, we found everything was really reasonably priced at grocery stores. And most of the time, we're always going to opt for grocery stores for budget reasons. Um, you know, the food, like... Like, in Split, in Dubrovnik, was the same. The food at the grocery stores was actually a little bit cheaper than you would be used to for U.S. prices. And they had a lot of allergy-friendly options at the grocery stores. Like, there was, um, I think, only one grocery store in the area that didn't have gluten-free bread. They mostly Um, did, you're right. Yeah, and even one, like... um, Oh, we would call it like a drugstore, like a CVS or something like that. The, even one of that type of stores had the gluten-free bread. So it was not hard to find. They all had oat milk. They had all oat. I mean, they had oat alternatives. They, they did have oat alternatives because they had <laughs> soy and almond. You know, they had what I'm trying to say is they had milk alternatives, yes, milk alternatives. at every store. Um, so that made things kind of easy. There was... Um, one bio store that had a lot of vegan products. Vegan, Mm gluten-free, some organic products, things like that. Yeah, so there were options. It just wasn't as many dining out options as we found in Split. Not for a lower budget kind of ideal. Yeah. So, you know, it was fine. It It was not our most exciting food month ever which is fine that happens i'm okay with it <laughs> no it, like it wasn't but when that just meant that i had to raise the bar for making meals inside the kitchen that's true lots of meals were made at home um because 
there seems to be less, like, I guess, availability of, or, I don't know, there was just less, like, fresh um, proteins, like, in the grocery store. Yeah, it seemed like a place where, like, the grocery store, where I'm used to finding everything I could possibly need in one location, didn't actually have like the top tier options if you wanted that you had to go like to the the single item places like a butcher shop Mm -hmm. or a fish market or the the Mm. farmer's vegetable stand things like that yeah and those places definitely exist but it i think it's it's um a neighborhood or neighborhood it's a, a city that if you lived in and you wanted to have all of these things you would have to make all of these different stops you'd have yeah. to make a stop at you know the fish market the meat market and the fresh market and then go to the grocery store as well you need a car or do a lot of legwork yeah and since you know we had a lot going on we kind of opted for a simplified kind of menu (laughs) last month and we had a lot of rotating things happen lots of sandwiches every day um cereal we ended up eating cereal every morning and you know dinner rotated between like rice dish or pasta dish because we did find gluten-free pasta so you know Mm -hmm. found lots of creative ways to make spaghetti and (laughs) did the curry a few times curry yes so yeah, um, it, it, yeah, I, it wasn't like, it didn't seem to be one of those like great food cities, you know? No, I, as a person who loves food and eating out as well as eating in and making food, mm-hmm. I found myself leaning more towards uh, eating in and making food. And even then, because of the limited resources, it didn't really, you know, it didn't blow me away, I guess is the way I can say it. And I get a lot less excited about food than you do. That's true. Like, so you could say I was apathetic at best, like, about food last month. I was, like, flatlining. I don't care. It just, whatever's going to keep me alive, I'll, I'll eat that. It's mm-hmm. fine. It was just, like, survival. I'll eat an apple. I don't care. I'm so bored. but we made it yeah it's (laughs) it's absolutely fine like i said i'm i'm not complaining i'm just saying i genuinely don't usually get very very excited about food it's not something that has to be included like you know in my desires when i'm looking for a place to go and you know you get more excited about it which is great and i can roll with that too um, so as far as the language in Dubrovnik, Croatia, um, it's probably not surprising that they speak Croatian. That is the official language. But it might be a little surprising that English is widely spoken. Like everybody speaks a degree of English and most people speak a, a high degree of English. Yeah, perfect. Um, Most people. That yeah. Too. Very great um, communicative conversational English. Um, Croatian is notoriously a hard language to learn. Um, I managed to learn only Hvala or Hvala, which means thank you because I said it a lot. 
because everybody's nice there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I think I think Sadrava was hello. Like I I don't know why I could not. Again, lots of things happening in our minds at any yeah. given point, and we're both trying to learn a language um, separately. So I'm learning French, and Alex is learning Italian. Ciao. So our capacity for like more language information, I think, is just kind of it's limited. Yeah. I can't I can't learn multiple languages at the same time. That's just, or I guess neither of us can. It's just too complicated with everything else going on. Yeah. Maybe um, one day we'll try it, but mm-hmm. I think I will pick a few different languages to choose if I ever get to that level first. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I will say I was very thankful that we could get by speaking English perfectly well. There was... It was not a challenge that way. Yeah. There was only one instance where I spoke to somebody who didn't understand what I was saying in English. And it wasn't a big deal because I was just asking her, like, um, a question about what she thought about the... Um, how many tourists there were in Dubrovnik. And she didn't really understand what I was saying. And she said her English wasn't good enough to understand. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I'm not in danger. I don't have to have this conversation with you. I appreciate it. Okay. It, you know, that was the only instance that I that I had um, with that happening. So, um, and as far as money goes, um, the... Currency is the kuna. Yeah, the Croatian kuna. So um, I'm going to look up the current exchange rate here. Real time, everybody. In real time, right now on May 16th. The exchange rate is there are 7.21 kuna to one US dollar. I feel like that changed since we weren't there last. Um, it did. If you look at this graph, yeah, it actually did. It was um, like it was lower when we were there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it changed. It was when we left. It looks like it was around seven kuna to a dollar. Way to go, Croatia. Yeah. So um, yeah, and I actually remember that because there was one place where you could use the restroom, and it was one. It was seven kuna or one euro. Yeah, which is around one dollar. So yeah, yeah, it has a little bit. They got to change their sign now. Um, But or or you better use that restroom quick before they raise the prices on you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as far as money, most places took credit card. They don't take American Express. No, the whole country does not take American Express. I learned that while I was there because I wouldn't yeah. use that otherwise. Good to know um, about Croatia. We also have a MasterCard, um, so we use that most places. There were a few places that were cash only. That's usually like a smaller, you know, restaurant or smaller. Like if like, you were going to buy something from like one of the like the farmers market counters or mm-hmm. something like that, you're you know you're dealing with the one person business you're probably going to be dealing with cash and sometimes a taxi oh yeah yeah like the taxi we took from the um ferry ferry um was cash only um and uh but you could use uber there so yeah if you wanted to just you know set it up on your phone that way it works 
Yes, that's true. So there were a few times where we didn't have cash. We would have just taken an Uber and put that on the card. Um, and, you know, as far as the exchange rate, which is obviously like in favor if you're paying with American dollars, it's not everything is cheaper because of that. You know, like I said, like the meals don't necessarily come out to be any cheaper because the dollar is stronger than the kuna. No, they, they just compensate. compensate for that. But there are some things like groceries that are cheaper, like and significantly cheaper. Um, so, you know, I feel like there's definitely like a tourist tax on top of any other tourist tax that you would officially pay um, because a lot of the restaurants and the bars and everything you could tell that they compensated for that so you're actually you know we're actually spending about the same amount of money that we would on food or drinks if yeah, they we were seem in the to US. definitely marketed towards the western european and american or canadian tourist group mm-hmm. and budget that they are deciding you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And I guess to speak on that, I actually had a conversation with somebody. Um, like I said, I was talking to a few locals to see what they felt about the level of tourism in their city. And, um, you know, when Alex said the amount that they assume you have, like this comes directly from a conversation that I had with somebody who through no indication of my own, just assumed that I had $5,000 a month to spend. We were, we were talking about, you know, how many tourists there are. And, you know, I asked, I said, does it seem to make things seem more expensive? Because to me, it seems to make things more expensive. And he was like, well, no, 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 not for Americans. It's easy for Americans. You have 5000 a month to spend. Yeah, just all and Americans. And I was like, um, <laughs> I don't actually. Um, you know, I explained more like we're on a budget. We have more like 3000 a month to spend on everything, you know, that's lodging, flights, food, everything that we do. And he was like, no, that's still, that's still good. And, and I'm not saying that it's not enough because it was. It was enough for us because we made it enough for no, us. Um, but... It is like apparently generally assumed that if you are an American tourist coming to Dubrovnik that you and probably not just American, probably, you know, a lot of British people there, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but I think that it is assumed that you have a certain amount of money to spend. And, you know, that is how that system works. And that's. I mean, it, it, it just, that exists. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, so for us, we felt like it was kind of catered to maybe those people that do have 5000 to spend a month or that much to spend on a vacation because it's their one and only vacation that year mm, or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely more geared towards that, I guess, fast <laughs> tourism. Um and um, it's evident in, in the amount of money that you can either spend or not spend there. Um, as far as safety, though, I think, you know, 
partially because it's, you know, economy is based on tourism. Like a lot of places that economies are based on tourism, it's very safe. I thought so. It felt safe. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't feel like you had to be worried about if you're out too late or, you know, which neighborhoods not to go into. It wasn't that kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And we walked a lot of places and we never felt like, oh, we shouldn't be here. Um, it, you know, it's also, there's a lot of, <laughs> it's a big, you know, tourist draw, but at the end of the day, it's still a small town. It's not yeah. very big. And so it still has that small town feel. Everybody still knows everybody. Cab drivers honk to wave at people on the street they know and they wave yeah. back. <laughs> you know, they're holding each other accountable for the fact that they're making a lot of money off of tourism and that if anything super unsafe happened often that that would be detrimental mm-hmm. to that. So, you know, it, it felt very safe. I would, you know, say that it would be safe for somebody traveling alone to spend time there. Man I, or woman. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't see any issues with with safety as long as, you know, you exercise your general precautions as you would anywhere else. You know, the worst thing that I could maybe see happening is, you know, an opportunist taking advantage of a moment in a busy tourist city where you're distracted. But we didn't witness anything like that. We didn't really hear to be careful about anything like that either. Yeah, I didn't um, see or hear anything that indicated yeah. that was happening around us. Yeah, it felt pretty, it felt pretty safe. Mm-hmm. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, 
So while we were there, we actually stayed in a neighborhood called La Pod. La Pod, La Pad, La Pod, probably La Pod. La- I, I don't know. Our pad was in La Pod. La Pod, L A P A D, is the neighborhood that we stayed in. And it, like I said, one of the reasons that we chose it was because of the price of the Airbnb for the month was $935. And, um, and on a map, when you haven't been there before, it was kind of centrally located to the whole city. Our, our location was, but it was still a, a very fair, more than fair walk to Old Town, which is where we spent actually a lot more of our time. Yeah, so Old Town is the medieval fortified city with the walls and the forts and the architecture and everything. Um, it's the main tourist draw. Um, so it probably took us like a 40, 45 minute walk. Easily, yeah. To, to get there from our Airbnb which was positioned um, at the port where, not at the port, but at the harbor where the port is (laughs) that the cruise ships come in. Cruise ships and the ferries, yeah. Yeah, so um, it was a quieter area because it wasn't next to where everybody else was going. If you exclude our very timely construction noise we got to hear through most of our stay yeah. there was construction going on <laughs> down the hill there yes it's like a giant rock like you're on mm-hmm. a giant rock the, the entire city <laughs> concrete and rocks everywhere it yeah travels <laughs> not to mention like the paved paths roads steps everything yeah it's very echoey so yeah we could hear this construction like every day that we were there uh, kind of got used to it after a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had an Airbnb with um, a garden. Yes, like which was it, that part I enjoyed. Like mm-hmm. I liked the idea that we could look out our front window and open the door, and we had an enclosed yard. Mm-hmm. So there was trees and you know fruit trees growing, and you know very green. Yeah, I really liked the concept when we booked it because I thought, oh, I could spend so much time out here. I could yeah. work outside. Well, we didn't really account for um, what the allergies would be like and how it was really hard to spend time out there because there was so much blooming and the um, area was not well groomed and well, like, landscape. Landscaped. Yeah. Um, everything was overgrown. So it was kind of a jungle. Yeah, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful to look at, but when, you know, in reality, it was full of allergens and that were irritating me and kind of made it humid. Yeah, I did that too. Lots of bugs, mm-hmm. which, I you know. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, the, we were combating with the humidity that was really compounded by having all of that lush greenery around us, but it did have cats. Yes, our patio was, in fact, a catio. It was. It was very sweet. There was a very friendly neighborhood cat that came um, 
every Which day yeah, <laughs> that we were there. Day. And then she, um, I started giving her little treats and then she started bringing all her friends. And, you know, before we knew it, there would be like five or six cats that would kind of pass through and we gave them all names and whatever. <laughs> like, and, and we got um, to be crazy cat lady for a month. I was officially, yes, a cat lady <laughs> for a month. Um, and not to mention just in our yard, there's cats all over Dubrovnik. So everywhere, even in old town. Yeah. So I took to carrying cat treats in my purse. Yeah. It was really a cat lady situation. Um, and you know, before you worry about what's happened to the cats now, because I was feeding them and then we left, they're fine. I caught them so many times at neighbor's houses, getting fed there too, Everybody takes care of the cats there. Um, though, they are not starving. No, no, they were not even skinny, these cats. Nope. <laughs> they were not even close to skinny or ill in any way. Um, they were just sweet. And, you know, if I can make an animal happy for any amount of time, I'm going to do it. And it, <laughs> it makes me happy, too, because, you know, I got a little friend and I got to get some little you know, kitty cat pity pats, and it was fun to have a little um, furry friend that... Yeah, you'd you know. open the door, and the cat would be right there at the at the door. Yeah, just be like, treats now. <laughs> okay, um, hang Help on. me, feed me. <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of a, a fun part of it, and kind of having the pet without the long-term responsibility yeah. part she would just show up a few times a day scream at me and you know Not in a bad give way. her some food and have a little pity pat and yeah it was cute um we called her deborah yes it's deborah oh excuse me <laughs> it's pronounced deborah <laughs> because she's fancy so fancy um but that was fun as far as what we did, like the, I guess, activities, activities that we did along the yes. way. Um, <clears throat> you know, like Alex said, we spent some time in Old Town, which is the main, you know, attraction. Main attraction, it yeah. is. And unfortunately, because it's the main attraction, that's where everybody goes. And as we mentioned earlier, those cruise ships that dock. Um, two at a time, and you can imagine. I mean, a cruise ship, I, I don't know, holds thousands of people. Some can, yeah. Um, so they would dock, and then buses and taxis and any form of Full vehicular buses. conveyance yeah. would take them immediately and drop them off at the gates of Old Town <laughs> in just like, like, like waves mm -hmm. um so this is what we started noticing when we said we saw it shift from kind of shoulder season to busy season is when these cruise ships started showing up and just pouring people into the city yeah, funneling them through that gate yes and just and it really is like a funnel because there's a few ways to enter um but each way you have to go through an old city gate it's a fortress yeah it, yeah so you basically have to cross a drawbridge through you know a gate to get in and it really does kind of 
start acting like a funnel and they have one-way traffic, you know, like, or I guess... They attempt to. Yeah, like, so you traffic going in, traffic going out, um, separated by, like, a pylon, you know. Nearly single file. Um, Yeah, yeah, so it can get really bottlenecked there. Um, But it's gorgeous and... You know, in fact, almost every time we went to Old Town, we still went into the main gate rather than walking around to the north gate to avoid the crowd because it's just so impressive. It's part of the experience of it and the, you know, view from it and and the act of walking through it. It's it's very impressive and it doesn't stop being impressive, even if there's like hordes of people there. It just makes it a little less comfortable. and it was a like it was a prolific experience. Yeah, um, I think you mean prolapse. Pro- <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just know, kidding. I'm just kidding. Mythical. It's it's one of those. Big it was words. a real prolapse when you walked through that <laughs> through that gate. It could there. cause a prolapse. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my problem came from. There it is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it you. What we did mostly was just walk around Old Town. Yeah. There's obviously things that you can pay for. You can pay to walk the city (laughs) walls. You know, you can climb the stairs to the top of the walls and walk around the perimeter of the city, um, a la Game of Thrones, um, which I think is another thing that we have to mention because I think it's like, it's a huge reason why people even do it. Dubrovnik is a big Game of Thrones tourism site. It's where they did a lot of the filming. Um, if you've seen the show or heard about the show, it's where they filmed all of the King's Landing scenes, including the like the Walk of Shame with Cersei. <clears throat> I'm not going to go into it any further than that. Yeah, if you know, you know. If you don't, it doesn't matter because I don't know. And I still... <laughs> you, can take the, you can take the tour. Find all about, yeah. all about it. <laughs> um, that's true. If you don't know and you want to know, there's a tour. But that, all that to say that it's, it's as relevant as you want it to be, right? I yeah. mean, the Game of Thrones connection. I haven't seen the show. I'm not a fan of the show. Alex has seen the show. Um, it was irrelevant, I think, for both of us. I yeah it's, it might be kind of cool be like oh it was a little bit cool to like see like oh okay I could, I could see the I remember the scene and then I saw it and I was like oh yeah I I see the mm-hmm. similarities because you know it wasn't CGI'd um, right when we saw it so but it wasn't that. the reason for going it wasn't the draw and in fact yeah I wasn't people weren't in costumes and I didn't see any movie actors there so no it wasn't like they were actively filming it it. or anything um yeah and you know a lot of it is so cgi'd anyway um I mean I had seen photos because I looked them up Mm -hmm. not that I had seen the show but I'm like okay I could see how you know that would be cool to, to see, like, oh, okay, well, that's where they filmed that. But I don't know if it would be a whole reason for me to go somewhere. But for a lot of people, it is. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I think that if that's your thing, then that's great. Because there it is. There is so much for you to get into. Oh, yeah. Um, but it was just definitely something that you can't ignore. Um, we learned in Split that... It, Game of Thrones tourism was even a thing. And then we got to Dubrovnik and we were like, 
oh wow no, it's this a is bigger a thing there huge thing <laughs> yeah. um because it has more i guess filming locations there yeah is um, it the I guess if you were going to compare it, like this, this city was a bigger character, mm-hmm. you know, in that kind of sense than the other one in Split. So, yeah, it can't be ignored. Um, but basically what we did was walk around and just kind of look at things that were free, mostly. Um, you know, the paying to walk the city walls was like, um, 250 kuna which for both Alex and I it would have been almost $75 and that was like like I said the price of that one really good meal that we had or like of three days of groceries or something like you know it, it just didn't make sense for us yeah that was it wasn't what we were wanting to spend the money yeah on. when we found if you walk around the city you and climb some of the stairs yourself you can get some really similar views that you can get to walking the walls um yeah we found a basketball court yeah (laughs) (laughs) found a rooftop basketball court right outside of the minchetta fortress so yeah that (laughs) that was interesting that wasn't on the tour (laughs) um so yeah we looked at all of the you know like the sponsa palace and the rector's palace they're great examples of Gothic and Renaissance architecture. You don't have to pay to go in to see the architecture. Um, in fact, the Sponza Palace, you can't really... I mean, you can go inside and, and see the atrium, but there's no public access beyond that. And then the Rector's Palace, you can pay... You know, it's the natural... I mean, the natural... Um, the Not natural history museum, but the... Like a... History, the... Art. What? Art. No, that's the Sponza. The oh. Sponza Palace now has the city archives, archives right. but the um, the um, Rector's Palace is now a historical museum that you can actually right. tour. But we we didn't do that. Um, but um, but what we did do that wasn't in Old Town is we took their cable car ride. We did do that. Um, that was like 200 kuna a person, so it was like $55 to get us both up to the top of the hill. And, and you, it's an amazing view up mm-hmm. there. You can see the whole city, old town, I guess you'd call it the new town, Lapad, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, and it's crazy because the seawater there is so clear that you, even from that height, you can see down to the bottom. Mm-hmm. From that height, you can see like the little rocks down there. You can see the the shadow of the boat on the ground below the water. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It it's a tremendous sight, um, but you should also know that you can take a hike up there because we also did that, and that's free. It's not a very easy hike. No, it's not. Um, to be honest, and the path, the hiking trail is pretty gnarly. There's big chunky rocks yeah loose rocks make up the trail yeah um and not even small ones like big chunky i wouldn't wouldn't do it in flip-flops no um definitely you need hiking shoes to do it um i was wearing hiking shoes and my feet hurt after that um but we walked like nine miles to the um we got our steps in to the fort that's up there um so the the cable car though it's itself um was a different experience we actually um you know we intent we we took the cable car up with the intent of going on this hike the the first time 
which is why we got the cable car because we thought, oh, we're going to go take a hike and we'll be tired when we come back down. So we took the cable car up and and we went the wrong way. We never found the hike. We went so, just the wrong direction. Yeah, but we did end up seeing these amazing views that you can really only see if you go in the direction that we went. Yeah, um, we found a place that was like on the map that was called, literally on the map, called Best View of Indobrovnik or something like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, it was on Google Maps that said that. And it was a pretty good, it was a good view, view, I will say. Um, so basically, when we got off the cable car, we went to the right and there was the best view. If we had gone to the left, that would have been the hiking trails that we initially you know, intended to go on. But by the time we figured this out, we were just kind of tired and sweaty and grumpy. It was a really hot and sunny day. And, you know, frankly, we're just like a little bit fucked off that we paid $55 to, to get up there and just like only see that. I don't know. I feel like I maybe would have felt differently about it if we would have done it the right way. Or not the right way, but, you know, done it the intended way. There's no right way to do it, but done it the way we intended. We just didn't make the wrong turn. Yeah, we we messed it up. So we ended up paying $55 just to ride up, look at a view, and ride back down, which, whoops, that was on us. But we did that kind of early on, so it made us, like, really cautious to spend these amounts of money on yeah. other experiences. We took because... a good look at what we were paying for. Yeah. Um, but like I said, amazing views. And maybe that's not a big amount or going to break your budget if it's not, you know. There's also a restaurant up there that we didn't even look at because it was like, okay, there's probably nothing we can eat. And I know it's not on our budget, but um, we brought our own lunch anyway, yeah. um, as we often do. After lunch. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we learned that you can, um, you know, you can also ride four by fours you can do a zip line mm -hmm. and you can go on these hikes and apparently um if you go on a certain hike there's horseback riding and stuff like down <clears throat> at the end of that hike we didn't do that we went on a different hike and then by that time our feet hurt so bad from <laughs> climbing up all those loose rocks that <clears throat> we were just kind of done um so yeah firstly we um took the cable car, and then realized that um, on the way back down, we realized there's a hiking path and you can just walk up there. So we came back the next week and just walked up there. <laughs> so we, we found the right hike after yeah. our long hike. Yeah. Um, and it was nice, except for the path was pretty... The path up the hill, up, up the mountain was pretty bad but once you got up there the hike from the um fort imperial to the other fort that we went to that path was not bad no it um, wasn't but yeah um we also checked out the banyu beach which is the one that's closest to old town with the great view of the old harbor um we had a drink there. It was fine. And this was before it got crowded. Um, we, um, I think my favorite thing that we did while we were there is that we took a ferry from Dubrovnik to uh, Lokud, the island, and we went to um, a beach on that island um, called 
Shunye, I think is how you say it. Shunye Beach on Lokwood Island. And that That was was a treat. That was a really nice beach. It was like one of those kind of secluded beach filling things. Like you had to... um, you, you took the ferry from Dubrovnik to Lopud, and once you got off the ferry in Lopud, you actually had to walk another 20 minutes to the other side of the island to get to this more secluded bay where this sparkling beach was, sandy beach. Like, a lot of the beaches in Dubrovnik are rocky, or they have, like, big pebbles instead of sand. This beach was sandy, and yeah, it was... Sparkling crystal clear. We got our nap we needed because yes. we didn't have a good bed. I slept better on that beach than I did in that bed. But the water was pretty ice cold. And we were there in May. So the water is still cold in May. Just starting to warm up though. Yeah. Um, but really what we noticed the the most about just walking around and being there was the atmosphere just seemed... And in this especially old town, it seemed like everything felt kind of like a tourist trap. Like, yeah. there wasn't like... It didn't feel authentic. Mm-mm. Yeah. I felt like as a person with a U.S. you know perspective that I was walking through like an Epcot like world showcase kind of place. It didn't feel like I was really in any specific historical site of any kind like i literally was in a place of like with history and it just felt kind of artificial to me and i think part of that is um it it did feel like a theme park and the crowds included because yeah you would get these um mass exodus of cruise ship buses and tour buses and people on these organized tours this like sea of 20 30 people would just you know come by you and sweep you off like there were people and it it's very clear that the cruise ship passengers had a limited amount of time to spend in old town as you do when you're on a cruise and i get that but old town does not have the infrastructure for that the size of old town dubrovnik is 0.2 kilometers squared it's small it's small um yeah so um excuse me when when you cram that many people into a space like that and you're talking about theme parks old town dubrovnik could fit in disneyland three times disneyland not disney yeah in california so it's like you know you're taught you really are feeling like a theme park and it might not be the same um quantity of people but it feels like it because you're in a smaller space and these people have limited time so they're rushing from thing to thing to thing trying to check all the things off their list trying to walk the walls trying to go on the tour trying to see the game of thrones location trying to eat here you know they're they're just bopping around like a like a fucking pinball machine you know right um and you're just like you're the ball you're going like whoa i'm here all month everybody like calm down (laughs) like uh, (laughs) you know and i get it like i i get it from their perspective too but when you're really trying to actually take it slow it's 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 hard to deal with you do feel like you're a bit in a theme park and it and it does kind of remove you a bit from from the experience and that was just something that surprised me about Dubrovnik I severely underestimated its popularity 
I, I did too. I did for someone who didn't knew next to nothing of its existence. I guess I was in the few compared to the many. <laughs> Same. I mean, I knew of its existence. I didn't know how popular it was as a vacation destination for Europeans. Um, because it hasn't been that popular for Americans, although I think that that is picking up and probably more because Game of Thrones is more on people's radar, probably because of, also because of social media and all all of this. But, um, you know, I, you can see that there are problems with maybe over tourism in Dubrovnik and just the sheer amount of people that end up there. And that was just in May. The real busy season starts in June and July. So I can't really imagine um, what it might get like. And that's not to deter from, you know, what we got out of it. It wasn't like we hated the whole experience by any means. I loved the architecture, um, you know, there were beaches that we found just from walking around. Like we walked to the other side of uh, La Pad, the area where we were staying. There was a whole coastal kind of very pretty um, yeah. situation going on over there. Um, just kind of branching out and not going to Old Town every day. Kind of trying to just walk around and deviate from the places that everybody seemed to be going um, was kind of turned out to be what what got us through and kind of, you know, I don't know. It, it's definitely something that you feel like it's all catered towards tourism. And a lot of that is catered towards Game of Thrones specifically. Um, like we saw a Game of Thrones tour that like, had people holding like shields and swords and posing oh, yeah. for a photo op or whatever, like fun. I'm not saying not fun. It was just like, it, it just had everything. It's just to, just to illustrate the degree to which everything was geared towards tourism. Every single shop had something game. Of, I mean, not every single, I'm exaggerating, but a lot of the shops had of shops. game of Thrones themes and merchandise. And Some of them had game of Thrones themed mm-hmm. plates on their menu. I saw that mm-hmm. and drinks and yeah. The, yeah. And, um, you know, other than that, I, I really liked the fountain, Onofrio's fountain, which is the fountain, the large fountain that you see as soon as you enter the city gates. It's still running and yeah. you drink water from it so much water from it it was delicious cold um you know safe to drink water that um it used to be the primary water source for the city it flowed from like the aqueducts now it's been replaced by modern plumbing um but you know it's there there's usually like a musician out there playing it kind of just you know there's definitely you know you can get those those vibes, those experiences, you just have to like, you know, calm down and kind of take it all in rather than rush around because I was, I don't know, I was definitely surprised by the level of crowds. It's definitely picked up to like pre-pandemic yeah. levels and or it hasn't even though is the problem. <laughs> It feels like it. It's still, it feels like it's, um, you know, it's actually less than the pre-pandemic levels, which is hard for me to imagine. But yeah, 
anyway. Um, <laughs> and not to say that we did enjoy it. There were a lot of very enjoyable things about it. Um, we found our things like the beaches that we went to, just taking slow walks, um, checking out the off the beaten path stuff, taking a ferry to one of the islands, getting up on that mountain and going on that hike. Yeah. There was hardly anybody on that hiking trail, I'll tell you that. There's other things to do. Like, I know they have, like, the, the kayaking and snorkeling you could do, mm-hmm. too. So Lots of water activities that I'm sure would be super fun if the water wasn't freezing. But for me, I was just like, I'll wait till it's warmer. Thank you. <laughs> so sensitive to that cold. I know. But, yeah, overall, I mean, good experience. Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know that I would be, like, in a super hurry to go back. But, you know, if you have, you know, your Shenzhen Shenzhen, uh, Mm -hmm. visa time and you need to spread it out, it's a a viable option to go there. And Croatia, just in general, I mean, now having been to two of the biggest tourist kind of destinations in Croatia, Split and Dubrovnik... If we came back, I would want to check out something that's a little bit more off the beaten path or maybe the capital city uh, just to get Zagreb, yeah. kind of like a different vibe from it other than just like oversaturated tourism. And I think that it, that experience has taught me a little bit more about what I want to look for going forward is like I kind of want to start looking for places that are a little bit more off the beaten path a little less popular and also do my research to find out because <laughs> I didn't know Dubrovnik was super popular when we went there so it taught me that I need to be you know aware of finding out those things as well and that maybe I'm kind of itching to go somewhere a little less a little less mainstream yeah which is not Torremolinos, where we are right now, but that's also okay because it's a different kind of vibe, you know? Like, it's kind of, it's expected. And that's the main difference between somewhere like here, which is like a kitschy beach vacation town, and just not expecting Dubrovnik to feel that way and it feeling that way. So when you know what you're in for, the perception... Yeah, you can acclimate yourself. Yeah, and so I feel like I knew what I was in for here. I'm here for it. Um, One thing that we did kind of like about the amount of people in Dubrovnik is because it felt kind of nice to be surrounded by people again. Yeah. In a way, because we've been all been so isolated. It was nice to see that again and be surrounded by people and feel part of something and a vibe and an experience, which I think that we're going to feel here in Tormelinos. Um, I think I already do feel it. Yeah. Here. And it's really nice here because there's a lot of people, but they leave you alone. And so it's like the perfect mix. You still feel part of the experience, but people pretty much leave you alone. In fact, there's a sign on the that? beach. There's a, there's a sign on the beach that says, like, you're literally not allowed to be annoying. Yeah, you could get a ticket or something. It's like, no... No loud noises, no annoying games. Like basically, like don't be annoying, and nobody is so far. I might look for that. I don't know if there's like a filter I can set on my search settings about like yeah, do, like can I find locations that are not obnoxious <laughs> where you're literally not allowed to be annoying? Please, <laughs> <laughs> I'll go there. 
So anyway, that's, you know, something we learned from it going forward. But, you know, anyway, we hope you enjoyed learning something about Dubrovnik. Hope hope you did learn something about Dubrovnik. Let us know if you've had an experience with it and how you, how you feel, um, what your time like was like there, or like if you're having a trip and you're excited to go, let us know. Um, and if you like this show, if you like this podcast, please subscribe and keep up with our new episodes. Give us a rate, a review, and um, share us, you know, share us with somebody in your life if you think that they may enjoy this podcast too. And you can listen anywhere, any podcatcher of your choice. But if you want to see video of us while we do it, you can see us on YouTube. And if you want to follow us for more like daily updates, you can find us at Emily and Alex on Instagram to keep updated. And you can also support us on Patreon if monetary support is something that you are willing to give and can give. We really appreciate it because it really helps us to make new episodes and keep this show going. So thank you to all of our patrons and... To patrons like Carly, Abby, Kathy, Anne-Marie, Monica, Caitlin, Austin, Catherine, Amanda, and Megan. Thank you for supporting us and we hope you enjoyed this podcast also. Uh, if you uh, want to join our patrons and be happy to hear your name listed uh, at the end of our show, you can uh, join our Patreon and you can find the link to that in our episode description. Until next time. <laughs> this is Emily. And this is Alex. And stick with us because this is going somewhere. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 